All right. Good morning. Uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you watching again. Uh, thank you for for that worship. Uh, Austin and Alyssa, that's fantastic. Um, appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to continue with, with an offering at this time and uh, just encourage you again. Uh, you've been so faithful. I want to thank you for that. Uh, we want to continue uh, as a church to be a place where people can come for help uh, rather than uh, a place that needs help. And so uh, your giving has, has helped us to do that. We appreciate it. Um, our uh, offering prayer today is from St. Jerome. Lord, you have given us your word for a light to shine upon our path. Grant us so to meditate on that word and to follow its teaching that we may find in it the light that shines more and more until the perfect day through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You can give... Um, through our app, if you if you don't have the app, I encourage you to, to download the app. Uh, you can also give by text. I think that number will be on your screen. And if you want to write a check, you can mail that to our post office box, which is also on the screen. Uh, so uh, it's the week after Easter, and uh, uh, just thinking about you know back in the day, uh, the days that followed Easter. Uh, the first Easter and the resurrection of Christ and, and the things that were happening. There was a lot of activity uh, going on and uh, things were, were unfolding. Uh, and, and the disciples were, were trying really to figure out, you know, what, what's going on here. They were, they were confused and they were shocked. They were uh, a word that's used often. Uh, they were bewildered. Uh, they, they really they couldn't, couldn't quite grasp all that had happened. Um, so, you know, on Easter morning, um, some of the women go, they find the tomb is empty. Uh, they run back and they tell the disciples, Peter and John run and find the tomb empty. And, you know, they're scratching their heads, trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, Mary Magdalene has an encounter. She sees Jesus and he, t he tells her to, you know, go tell uh, my brothers that I've risen and she does that, and so they have these testimonies, uh, things that are going on, um, uh, evidence of the resurrection, uh, but they're still just walking in, in somewhat of a stupor. Uh, we want to pick up today in Luke uh, chapter 24, uh, beginning at verse 13, one of our uh, post-Easter stories. So if you want to turn to Luke 24, I'm going to read a pretty good chunk of this. Uh, so it's a lengthy passage, but it, it tells a story that we need to hear. So beginning at verse 13, chapter 24 of Luke. Now that same day, two of them, uh, two of the Jesus's followers, Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? 
They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and, and don't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Uh, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, but him they did not see. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we talk, while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled and, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Lord, again, uh, we pray that you would speak to us uh, from your word. Uh, we need to hear from you today. We, we long to hear from you. And so we open our hearts to you. We, we pray, Jesus, that you would uh, open our minds and teach us uh, the way you taught the disciples. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate our hearts and that we would believe deeply and trust fully. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to kind of walk through uh, this passage in Luke 24 and, and look at it from, from a couple of different angles. One, we want to look at it from uh, the disciples' Uh, point of view. What's going on with them? Uh, we know that uh, the disciples at this point are characterized by doubt and, and by disappointment. Uh, they're characterized by unbelief. He, even Jesus says, uh, your hearts are slow to believe. And so uh, walking, we got two guys here. They're, they're followers of Jesus. They're not uh, of the 11, but they're followers that, that have been following Jesus for you know, some time now, and, and uh, they're walking along, they're on their way to Emmaus, and they're talking about what's happened, what's been going on, and all of the events, and they're, they're trying to figure it out. Now, uh, it's obvious that they're not talking in a positive way. You know, they're not excited, they're not, you know, uh, leaning into the testimonies that they've heard. They're, they're disappointed, uh, and they're still wrestling with doubt and unbelief. And we know that because of the way that Jesus uh, responds to them. And, and because, verse 17, uh, Luke, uh, the gospel writer, says their faces are downcast. So they're, they're not in a good way. They're, they're in a bad posture and in a bad frame of mind. And they're still negative and, and downcast. Uh, verse 21, they say to Jesus, we had hoped. And so, you know, we had hoped is not we we hope it's we had hoped so they've they've lost hope they uh, they're struggling uh, to believe now verse 22 through 24 they say uh, the women went to the tomb and, and they came back and our friends went and they they say he's risen but you know when our friends went and looked he wasn't there and so their hearts according to Jesus don't believe uh, they've had some evidence, they've been given some testimonies, uh, there have been a couple of appearances even, uh, but their, their hearts don't believe. So the two, these two, as they're walking along, they, they encounter Jesus, he reveals himself, they run back and tell the others, uh, the 11 are already there gathering saying it's true, it's true, Simon saw him, he's risen. Uh, and Jesus appears right there in, in the room. So there's, so you got these two guys that have had an encounter with Jesus. You got Simon Peter who's had an encounter with Jesus. You got the other disciples that are there, other followers, the women. Uh, Mary's probably there and she, she's had an encounter with Jesus. So all of these people who have had encounters with the living, uh, the risen Lord are in a room together and they're, you know, talking back and forth and they're sharing uh, what's going on. And it says that uh, Jesus appears and they're startled 
and they're frightened. And verse 41 says, they still didn't believe it. So you've got the testimony of the women, you've got the empty tomb, you've got the testimony of the 11, you've got the testimony of the two, you've got reminders from Jesus himself that this is what has to happen, uh, this is the way it was prophesied. Uh, and then verse 41, and while they still didn't believe it. So that's kind of the frame of mind uh, of the disciples. They're, they're wrestling, trying to believe. They're wrestling with doubt. They're wrestling with unbelief. Uh, they're wrestling with shock uh, over all the things that have happened. So now let's take the same, same story and kind of walk back through it and look at the posture uh, and the pursuit of Jesus. Uh, so verse 15, Jesus comes to them. So two guys are walk, walking along. They're on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus finds them. He pursues them as they walk along. Verse 17, Jesus asks them, you know, what, what are you talking about? Jesus enters. He puts himself into the conversation. Verses 25 through 27, he corrects their thinking and explains the scriptures to them. They, they tell him, they, they're like, you know, you're the only person uh, around here who doesn't know what's going on. And the, the truth is, he was the only person around there who did know what was going on. And so he explains it to them. Uh, and he walks them through the scriptures. And he goes all the way back to Moses and the prophets. And, and he lays it all out and walks them through it, explaining to them uh, piece by piece. Uh, they invite him to stay. And in verse 29, he, he says yes. He stays because he wants to be with them. Verses 30 and 31, he breaks bread for them and he gives it to them. He's, he's the guest. You know, they invited him. Uh, but he is taking the posture of the host and he's breaking the bread and he's giving it to them. He is uh, blessing them and they, they receive from him. And when they receive from him, their eyes are open and they see him. Now, he disappears. They run back to find the 11. Verse 36 says that while they are comparing stories, Jesus appears. So again, he is pursuing them. They're just trying to figure out whether they believe what's happening they're trying to sort it out and, and find a place of belief, but they're still wrestling with doubt, and he comes to them. He pursues. Verses 38 and 39 says, knowing that they have doubts, he offers them proof. He says, look at my hands, look at my feet. He could have said, if he was like one of us, I give up. I, I've done everything I know to do, and if you're not going to believe me, I'm out of here. That, that may have been the response, you know, for us, uh, but that's not the response of Jesus. Uh, he's shown himself. He's appeared to several. Uh, he's reminded them, this is what I told you would happen. They're still wrestling with unbelief, and rather than getting exasperated, Jesus continues to pursue and continues to offer evidence. And he shows them his hands and he shows them the, his feet. And he explains then in verse 44, he explains to them again, this is what 
I told you what happened. This is what the scriptures say will happen. Verse 45 says that he opened their minds. He opened their minds and he gave them revelation and understanding. And then verse 49 says that he made them a promise or he reminded them of a promise. That the promise of the Father will be sent. I will send you the promise of the Father. His pursuit of us is relentless. I have a, uh, a friend whose pastor uh, had coronavirus. And, and he, was, he was very sick and, and was actually on a ventilator and at one point didn't know uh, whether he would live or die. And uh, after he recovered, uh, in the early days of his recovery, he said that he had received this text message from a friend during the time when, when things were bleak. And it goes like this. It is never our love for him that steadies our souls, but his unbroken love for us. We know this, we teach this, but we can forget. No matter our weakness or our wavering and unsteady, too easily tempted hearts by lying whispers of the tempter, Christ's love is true, relentless, lavish, as the apostle says. Even if we are faithless, he is faithful. When our prayers fail, he still intercedes for us. He has you in his hands, the very safest place in a dangerous world. As you go into the hours ahead, when you will perhaps have to give up conscious control of all things, place yourself into his hands once again. Yield to him afresh. He will not let you go. So in the midst of their doubt, Jesus pursues. Uh, in the midst of their unbelief, Jesus continues to pursue. In the midst of their forgetfulness, Jesus reminds them of the scriptures and the things that he told them uh, before he went to the cross. And they receive from him Verse 27 says they receive explanation and understanding as he teaches them. Verse 31 says they receive revelation as he opens their eyes. Uh, verse 32 says that their hearts burn within them. Uh, I'm always reminded of the, the testimony of John Wesley when, when he first really came to faith after being a religious person for years and years and years. And he had an encounter with the Lord and he said his heart was strangely warmed. And that, that was the shift for him. I remember one time I was uh, speaking at a retreat in Montana and they uh, had this thing that they did, uh, the, the last thing they did the first night of the retreat, they called uh, moments of the warmed heart. Moments of the warmed heart. And, and people would come and they would confess what their hopes 
for the retreat were. And, um, you know, what were the places where they needed or wanted their hearts to be warmed? And I remember uh, there was a, uh, a woman who was at the retreat, and she was, she was about 85 years old, and her name was Winnie. And uh, she came up and she said to the group, uh, I want my passion for Jesus renewed. You know, 80, 85 years old, and she's still longing uh, for the warming of her heart, a passion for Jesus. Uh, verse 45, it says that he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And then 40, verse 49, he reassures them about the promise of the Father. And, and with all of these things that are happening and all of this that he, you know, Jesus is pursuing and Jesus is giving and Jesus is revealing and Jesus is anointing and he's imparting and all, all of these things. And then verses 50, verse 52 says uh, that the end result of all that is that they have great joy. So they, you know, they start off bewildered and downcast and confused and doubtful and not understanding. They can't figure it out. And then verse 52, they have great joy and praise God. Now, all of that is to say this. I, I, I'm not sure where you are today. Uh, I, I know about me. Uh, I, I wish... I wish that I loved better. Uh, I wish that I believed better. Uh, I wish that I obeyed better. But I'm comforted in knowing that my flaws, my weaknesses, don't stop his love. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that our love doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just saying that we love because he loved us first. First uh, John 4, 19 uh, tells us that. Uh, his love is perfect. Uh, our, ours is not. Uh, ours is flawed. His love is infinite. Uh, our love is fickle. Uh, and, and the good news is he didn't come to test us and see if we were good enough. He came and bled and died to redeem us. To redeem us. Uh, maybe my favorite scene from any movie that I've ever seen uh, is from the Passion of the Christ. It's uh, Jesus is on his way to the cross. He's been beaten almost beyond recognition and he falls under the weight of the cross and his mother Mary runs to him uh, to help him and, and she cradles him in her lap as, as he bleeds and struggles uh, to lift the cross and, and he looks into her face and, and his face is almost unrecognizable from the beatings and he looks at Mary and he says, I make all things new. I make all things new. Uh, maybe today you just need to know uh, that he hasn't stopped caring. He hasn't stopped loving. He hasn't stopped giving. He hasn't stopped pursuing.
He knows where you are. He knows what you need. And his love for you does not depend on your performance. He didn't come to test you to see if you were good enough. He came to redeem you. He makes everything new. The God who made everything makes all things new. Now let's pray. God, I pray for those of us today who just need to be refreshed, that we would open our hearts to you and and allow you to breathe that life-giving breath of your spirit into us, uh, to bring physical healing, spiritual healing, relational healing, emotional healing, whatever it is that we need today. I pray that we, we turn to you and we lean into you and we know that even though we're flawed and we struggle and we stumble, you continue to pursue that your love for us is relentless. It can't be stopped. And so Lord, we, we say yes to you, even in our weakness, even in our flaws, we want to say yes. Yes to your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you, if, uh, if you have prayer needs, uh, requests, uh, to uh, send those to us. You can email us, any of the pastors, or you can send them to the text message number. Um, uh, I'm sure Mike and Kim uh, have posted that on uh, as you've watched today. Uh, feel free to, to text us prayer requests to that number, or, or if you just want to talk to someone, just shoot us a text on that number, and uh, somebody from our staff will get back in touch with you. We'd love to talk with you and, and pray with you. Uh, God loves you. Uh, his love for you uh, is not based on anything you do. He loves you. He pursues you. He will never stop pursuing you. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks for being with us. I look forward to uh, being with you again. We have prayer uh, Tuesday at noon. And then Wednesday night at 7, we'll finish, we'll conclude or or continue uh, our study of Philippians. And I hope you'll join us then. Love you guys. I hope to see you soon. Thanks again.